1: Podcast Featuring
0: legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host,
2: Steve Mathis.
1: Welcome to the Fly Racing RacerX Podcast with Dennis Stapleton. Thanks for uh, listening, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Fly Racing, for the support in this show. FlyRacing.com. Blake Baggett. Ben LeMay Zach Osborne Justin Bogle Benny Bloss just some of the guys who are in fly racing they support a lot of privateers and a lot of factory riders and the outdoors and supercross and yeah good on fly racing man check out the formula helmet check out the FR5 boot check out the mountain bike line check out the watercraft line you know the name you know the game and uh, thanks to fly racing for coming on board this podcast thank you Maxis MXST tire developed by the king Jeremy McGrath MXSTs is used by AJ Catanzaro and supercross so whether it's your light truck, your trailer, uh, mountain bike, uh, UTV, uh, dirt bike, yeah, Maxis this is have you covered, man. Thanks to SlickWash.com, Monster Energy Pro Circuit uses SlickWash. Uh, their three-step wash process ensures that you get all the dirt off, as well as protects you for the next time that you get it muddy. Whether it's a mountain bike or a dirt bike, and I use it on both, uh, use the code STEVE, all caps, Steve, at checkout to save 20% on the three-step wash process. And thank you, Alpine Stars. Also, Tech 10, the most advanced boot in motocross today. The Tech 7, which is my boot of choice. I absolutely love it. Uh, The A4 chest protector, the A1 chest protector, all made by the folks at Alpine Stars. You know the name, and uh, you know how well quality it is. I went to Italy a long time ago and looked at the factory. Man, it's really, really cool. So thanks to Alpine Stars and Slick Wash and Maxis, and of course, the folks at Fly Racing for this. Uh, Dennis Stapleton, really interesting guy. Uh, really uh, uh, eclectic kind of guy that does a lot of things in the industry, has a lot of experience, and still hauls ass on a dirt bike, which is uh, pretty cool. So happy to talk to Dennis about what's going on with him, about MXA, about Orange Helmets and all of that. And thank you for listening. All right, here's Stapo. And now as promised, a real interesting guy in the industry, uh, got a lot of cool stories, done a lot of cool things, and happy to Catch up with them today uh, from uh, Motocross Action, among other things. Former pro rider, still still pro rider, real. Dennis Stapleton, what's up, Staple? How are you?
0: Uh, doing good. Just got back from uh, Glen Helen Raceway, testing with the WP guys today. Um, just got to enjoy some uh, amazing California traffic for two hours.
1: Oh, nothing worse, man.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh you know you really got to plan your day out around here. Uh just by traffic and if you if you have it down, you can get a lot done in the day. If you do it wrong, it it costs you.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, right? Um man, I I admire uh you because you grind it out, man. You really really work hard to make a living in this sport and and you know you're you were a great rider. Never scored any points, uh certainly put it in the motos uh rode very well, but you've made a nice career for yourself. Um, just really juggling a lot of things, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, uh, I, I do do quite a few things. Uh, I get a lot of testing and, uh, I also house a lot of kids from around the world, uh, that me and my father run some small camps. And, mm-hmm. uh, we also have a little business called Nobby shop where we do a lot of Cobra stuff. My dad, my dad deals with a lot of the daily, but I help him uh, sell the Cobra motorcycles, the fifties and the sixties. Yep. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of kids around. I, I do have Rental bikes, and I'm busy enough that I, I should advertise it more. But I have enough clientele coming in from traveling the world that I don't really, I don't push it that hard. Yeah, I, I just kind of go by word of mouth.
1: Yeah, we had uh, obviously uh, MX Heaven. There was a while there was Lapanovich is doing something, you're doing something. Kurt Nichols got something going on. Like, isn't it amazing? Like you grew up in this, right? So Glenn Helen on a Thursday for you, big effing deal. The te- Supercross test track, big and deal. But, dude, all over the world, there's people that that is their mecca. That is the thing that they want to go see.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny, you know, growing up in it. Um, My my father was around um, motorcycles racing, local pro and all that. So I was around a lot of uh, riders in the 80s when my dad rode, you know, from Rick Johnson. And those guys were all friends with my father. So getting to go eat with them personally and just be around from the years of testing and going with Mitch Payton and Jody and. And the gang, you know, it uh, you you, you forget to be thankful, or you yeah. forget like how much people think that's cool that Brock Tickle stops by your house to grab something, or right, you know, a- anyone swings by and people call you to mountain bike, and you're just on the buddy list. Yeah, you, know,
1: you, yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool. So you do that to make a living. You yep. race, you race here and there. Uh, you do motocross schools. Are you still traveling and racing a lot and putting on schools?
0: I've had enough testing this year that I haven't traveled as much, but I do try to uh, travel out of the country at least once a quarter um, if possible. I, I did Kuwait. Uh, I usually do Denmark. Um, I did Australia last year. Yep. I went on a media trip to Japan. I race, uh, I race Loretta's every year, which is a big one for me. It's uh-huh. uh, something that I look forward to. Um, back to the Nationals, I did score points at Colorado and Millville.
1: Oh, oh you did? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my bad.
0: I cannot ride the 30 class, so I have to ride with the kids in the 25-plus. Um, so I saw this year Mike Brown, Durham, yeah, uh, that Franklin Nagara kid from Dominican Republic. A lot of people are riding the 25-plus class, so um, I'll definitely have to put away Del Taco for the month.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly right. No, man, I, like I said at the start, I, I admire you for making a living and grinding away at it and, and doing well for yourself because, you know, you, you get a lot of people that – Just sit at home and go woe is me, and I can't, you know. All the, you know, and I'm speaking from experience because I have 18 jobs too, right? Um, Yep. But there's a lot of people that just sit at home and just go, oh, woe is me. You're out like traveling the world, and we talked about it, you know, last week at Paula. You, you know, you some races you'd go for $500, $1,000 or whatever, you know what I mean? Like some some piddly amount. But you know what? You made connections. You may you you went back the next year for more. You brought them over to USA to to for money, whatever it is. Like. You're a hustler, man. I like it.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, there was more money in world traveling when before social media. Social media kind of killed the money. So when I first started, you know, people like Jungle yep. and uh, the Hollies and all of them had the program down. And, and I, was, I was a test rider at Honda as Durability. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bob Rathcamp, which does Garnet Boots, was a really good friend of mine. And I'm like, Bob, you know, I'm a, I'm a 23rd to 30th place guy every weekend. Yep. Like for three years in a row, I qualified <laughs> for all 12 nationals and nope, nobody except for your close friends. Like that doesn't really get you. much. Yeah. Yeah. Self pride and, and some opportunities definitely, you know, back then you had to know someone to go somewhere. So like a Bob or a Mitch Payton, I would mm-hmm. go to them and I'd be like, hey, do your international distributors have any events? Yeah, And then I would have to email them and then get recommendation from them. So your show up money was always a lot bigger mm-hmm. um, when you were invited. Yep. Um, but the on the downside, a lot less kids got to travel because they don't have the opportunity that I had. So now with social media, a lot of these kids look great on social media and have the opportunity to travel because they can reach out to people themselves
1: yeah yeah true right not, it's made it a little tougher not,
0: not every person can call eric Pennard and have him pick up the phone for you and yep and, and go that route so but the the show up money has gone really really down and the sports changed where people will spend more money to go to an event instead of trying to make money like people buy mechanics flights and like, I just did this race in Kuwait uh-huh. uh, about nine weeks ago, and they built a new uh, A-plus facility for Formula One, street bike, uh, drag race, and moto, and they're trying to host a, a GP within the next two years. Yep. I
1: think um, I think working... they want to get a supercars going over there.
0: Yeah, they, they, they've worked on a lot of things. Yep. Uh, so, in the last seven years of me traveling back and forth to the Middle East, that's been some of their goals, and... It's cool to see it pay off. Like Mm -hmm. the first time I went over there, their track had one tabletop in the middle of a field. (laughs) You know? Yeah, yeah. And they had a couple French guys come over and I I got to go over and, you know, I became really good friends with a lot of them. And that all started from being at the World Jet Ski Finals in Lake Havasu. I was working at a booth for Lake Havasu, (laughs) uh, for Weisco. Okay. And I wasn't really that stoked because jet skis are not my thing. Not that I dislike jet skis. Yeah. The, the only plus to it was girls in bikinis. And <laughs> so after all that went on, I was like, cool, I met these guys. And then they called Jeff Cernix and Bob Rathkamp, and they both gave me approval to go. And then we worked really hard on getting uh, K&S Kuwait. We end up, it used to be a parts and accessories and a, uh, uh, just a regular uh, hop-up shop we end up working really hard and he imported lots of stuff and he brought KTM in and now he's got multiple KTM franchises through the, uh, middle East. And, uh, I worked really hard on that for two or three years with him. And we brought some people in to teach him how to do graphics and,
1: Oh wow. Yeah. He does
0: those Oxbow cars and like, uh, his shop is state of the art. Like it's, it's pretty crazy to see where it came, you know, and they're the kind of people that teach you to drive on two wheels and, (laughs) you know long as you you know there's no alcohol in the country and you don't chase girls over there but riding's amazing the people are cool the food's amazing you'll gain you'll gain more weight than how many days you're there for sure
1: uh, uh, it's uh, not sketchy at all like nothing sketchy
0: not not really no? i mean obviously the roadways are sketchy cuz you have a lot of pakistanis indians and a lot of people that go there to work right that in their country they couldn't afford to drive and now they're a nanny or they're or <laughs> right. they're a worker and they're like here's this car drive go get these parts
1: yeah yeah <laughs> so
0: you know there's no real lanes, so people weave in and out
1: and then um, there's like supercars out there probably lambos and everything right like yeah yeah <laughs>
0: they have cra- crazy stuff and um on the way to saudi arabia there's this big old long highway that's lit up in the middle of nowhere and people test their cars and go as fast as they can and it, it's quite crazy Damn! And, uh, I actually have one of the boys from Kuwait at my house right now. He attended Josh Mosman's wedding. Uh, they became really good friends, and he was in Mosman's wedding.
1: Oh wow, that's so, cool! Yeah, um,
0: you know, so over the years of everywhere that I go, it's it's all based on relationships. Right, like Philippines, um, Denmark, all these countries is is really based on a, a friendship that I built with people over the years. Um and uh,
1: yeah. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And just because you're, you're a cool guy, you're a nice guy, you're thankful, you're appreciative, you know? Yeah,
0: for, for sure. I used to go and I made good friends with, with people in Denmark and then they would lend me a car (laughs) and then I would drive to these supercross races in the middle of winter and just show up with a gear bag. I'd be like, can I ride? And then you would end up in Germany. And then I became really good friends with this guy, Yarno in Holland. Uh huh. Then he ran that race called sword across black cross. Yep. Yep. And then I started bringing Josh Hansen, and we brought Kyle Partridge, and I brought Paul Telly, and I even brought Jason Thomas over.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember that. uh,
0: So so I I was starting to ride a lot of races, and then a lot of these countries were asking me to bring a lot of kids. So then I was bringing people over, and I had a really good finish one year over there, so that kind of really opened the doors up for me. Um, I ended up sixth overall over there, so I was the highest finishing American to ever ride the event. Oh, cool. Um, most people though, would get paid enough money. it was a party and fun, yeah, yeah, um, and just exposure for them um but that was one of the most crazy fun events you could go to in my travels.
1: seems like it, yeah, I've seen photos <laughs>
0: and uh it's definitely a good time. three hundred thousand people is a lot of people to be in one area,
1: yeah, no, I bet right um you know, yeah, no it's it's a great way over the years to to just make some money and and keep going. I always tell this story, like, years ago, uh, the Montreal Supercross was still going on. Well, now it's back, but this was when it was still going on. And I had a – the promoter said – I reached out to a guy who had no ride at the moment, and I said I can get you all your travel paid and, like, a couple thousand dollars, and then if you you get top three, I think the minimum was five grand or or four grand for third or whatever – yeah, um, and I'm like, you know, he's, he was good enough to do that, and this guy was like, "No, I ain't enough money. I'm not. I'm wasting my time." And I'm like, "Really? You got something else better to do than at least come away with a thousand dollars for a day of work and your, all your travel? Like, you got something else going on?" I just it blew my mind.
0: Yeah, you know, you know, someone that I always look up to that took it to a new level. Like, I could make main events everywhere I went, and I was a main event guy, mm-hmm. and a lot of like Asian countries or Latin American countries. I was always second or third. I, I I did win some events, but not as much as second and third. And I almost felt like they kept bringing me back so they could say that they're better than the Americans. Like it was a fight. Like, <laughs> like they wanted to bring me because I could give the the guys racing in their area a run for their money. Yeah. But it, it was like they were excited that I just didn't go there and annihilate them. But Justin Brayton, on the other hand, has taken European Supercross, Australian Supercross. Yeah. And, and there's tons of guys that are at his level that never pursued that. And I think one day when they're done, they'll be like, I lost out on a lot of money and a lot of travel.
2: Yeah, um, yeah.
0: I take, you know, I, I've taken it to extreme. I've been to 41 countries to race. Um, I've been to 84 countries total by just jumping on planes right, and trains. Right. And, and once you get going – people invite you things. A few years ago, Jeremy Albrecht from JGR called me and said, Hey, do you want to go to Bulgaria and work for this kid Stoyan?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm an Stoyan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I jumped on a plane and ended up in Bulgaria, <laughs> driving a car and dirt bikes around. And yeah. the family was awesome to me and I helped him. And unfortunately he crashed at the first race and had hurt his shoulder. And that led for us to go into uh motocross donations. And then we went to motocross donations and then he worked on Fox and 6D and started importing stuff and they end up having a Supercross over there I think you attended it I did
1: yeah I went yeah
0: and uh, you know I got to learn a lot over there see cool things like the snail house that's in the country and drive over along the Greece border and um, just things that if you went traveling you would never get to see yeah
1: yeah exactly you just see like the main tourist stuff or whatever right
0: like I think I went to France five times before I ever saw the Eiffel Tower (laughs) It just, it it didn't work out in the cards. We were in a dirt field at a track I was going to test something or, you know, finally I had to make a trip out of my way. I got to ride Geneva in 2011 Uh huh. and I went out of my way to go see all that stuff.
1: Right. Yeah. You're like, I better go. Yeah.
0: But when, when you're a privateer and you were hustling all those countries, you don't have time to take a week. Like you, when you're making a thousand dollars or $2,000 a week traveling, your object is to keep. Going to all these places, yeah, um I put a cap like I a lot of kids nowadays will go for for five hundred bucks. it cost me five hundred bucks to drive to l a x and park my car for a week, yeah and, and bring parts and you know India, my friend Sean puts on super crosses on India and Jared Hicks David Poley, I mean, the list goes on of how many kids have been over there, yep and, and it's a great experience and and some people made money and some didn't. And I got to go see Taj Mahal and take my friend Justin and Brian, that both are test riders at MXA. I got to take them on a world tour of India, and flat out it cost fifteen hundred bucks to go do it all. So yeah, like when I send them the bill, and usually, usually fifteen hundred dollars is the minimum.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, right. yeah. But
0: there's there, there's other ways as you get older to to learn what parts to bring, right. And, and it, motocross schools and w- once you build that relationship there's always work for you
1: right um hey isn't it just cool that all these places you've been to and all those countries you just said that you went to and dude these people just love motocross that's why you're there
0: 100 percent. they love motocross <laughs> they're 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 so intrigued by it and you know a lot of countries that they're they're so diehard and they're so into reading what americans are doing and yeah. parts and and bikes, and you know, my friends, my friends in Latin America or even Denmark are just getting the new Suzuki 250Fs that wow. that are die, that are diehard Suzuki people. So yeah, they're yeah. like, they're they're so stoked, and they're like, okay, what's this JGR package? And
2: mm-hmm.
0: Pro Circuit have a motor, and when we first got them, we're like, cool, we got them, we're testing them, right? We're going through the motions. How do we get parts? No one had parts. Yeah. So now these countries are actually getting the bikes, and they can buy parts now. So it's really cool for people like that or like it's hard to believe this next in three days next month we start 2020 testing
1: right right you oh, know I'll, yeah.
0: I'll, I'll be everywhere with the mxa group and you'll see the mark tillies from dirt bike and i'll see Kiefer, and you'll see yeah. michael Lindsay and you know the the circling people of southern california that have the opportunity to test
1: yeah um what's the coolest place you've been
0: uh that that is really hard to say the coolest yeah um Because there's been so many outstanding places and things that I've got to see. Um, Me and Ricky Yorks have done some amazing trips to the Philippines. And we both had family members in um, United Airlines. Okay. So we always had a buddy pass. Yeah, yeah. So me and him would go somewhere and race. And we're like, okay, we want a week. We'd barge over to Hong Kong or Korea or Malaysia or go walk through laos like we've done some crazy experiences wow um by getting to do that but uh, i raced in saint martinique um that that was a really cool experience because you're down on the islands and it's the one where the airplane lands really close to the beach and everyone gets sandblasted
1: oh i don't i don't where is that i don't even know what what
0: saint martinique it's uh it's in the middle of the caribbean it's okay uh, caribbean yeah Yep, so you could see all the Euros in their Speedos getting sandblasted by a 747, <laughs> and they get blown off the fence. And, you know, going to races in Germany is always cool. Um, Franklin nagara down in Dominican Republics brought me to races, and it's crazy. Yeah. You know, they have that Supercross in Mexico, Fresno, a lot of the guys ride. It's during the county fair, so. Uh-huh that's always cool you know you run across the stank dogs and the josh hills at events like that so Yep. yeah the night nighttime fun is always always a plus at events <laughs> like that um,
1: um what uh what's the sketchiest place you've been
0: sketchiest place i've probably been would have to be central america yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> okay.
1: it's uh jt's got a good story about guatemala too
0: yeah yeah Gu- guatemala you know you could gamble on yourself down there on how brave you are racing back in the day and they used to race in this horse arena right next to the airport. Okay. And uh when Danny Carlson, Zeb Armstrong and all those guys were getting to go because yep. of Eric Eric Kehoe back in the okay. day. okay, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it's it's just a rotation. A lot of those countries are coming back. Um Venezuela used to be a hot spot in the early 2000s for Americans to go when they had the GP yeah. and all that stuff and
1: Now it's um, bad, right? Now it's not good in Venezuela. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I, you know, Ecuador was a really crazy experience. I got to see the center of the world and you race at 9000 feet and it pours rain and you get to go see the jungle. And uh, I'm going uh, on July 1st. I'm going down to Brazil okay, um, to go do some stuff down there. There's an open house and uh, a small motocross school and go test some bikes for this guy that does suspension down there.
1: Wow. Pretty cool.
0: Yeah, he's bringing me down, and I'll yep. go for the week, and then come home, and then I have uh, two weeks to get ready for Loretta's. So, um, if uh, if everything goes well at the regional next week, we'll be me and my father will be driving out and doing that.
1: Nice, nice. Uh, did you feel unsafe in Central America at times? At some places?
0: No, because most moto people always put you in the right place. Yeah, yeah. I have I have six boys from Chile at my house right now. Uh huh. Um, last year I went down and did that big beach race called the EDV in Argentina. Okay. That's a must do event. Um, it's amazing the crowd and the people, but no, I, I never really felt unsafe. You know, in the middle East I've walked everywhere, Ubered everywhere.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, Are guitar- you- I used to ride a lot of the pre races before they had the GP. So usually all the off countries, Mm-hmm. That aren't on the mainstream, they have to have they have to hold two races before they can have a GP. Okay. Well, they always have pretty good prize money. So if you're in the inner loop, you know how to find that stuff out. Yeah. So you end up at those, like China will have some races coming up. A couple of the guys from China were over at Hangtown this year. Oh, okay. Um, checking it out. And some of the the riders and some people that are putting on local motocross and schools over there. Uh-huh. Um, the French guys have that pretty dialed, though. Most of the people that are in China training and getting things ready are from France. Okay. Um, a couple Japanese guys dabble in it. Um, really, that—that's probably the ne- the newest spot that people are starting to go.
1: Um, should we, we probably shouldn't do this podcast because staple guys are going to try to scoop your deals. <laughs> yeah. The, the,
0: if people could figure out how to go,
1: they're,
0: <laughs> um, they're welcome to go.
1: So you rode that uh, Qatar track, the GP track, a few times?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, rode it, I rode it quite a few times. Um, they had a whole ser- series in Qatar. Oh, okay. Um, so I was flying in and out and riding that, and I was staying in Kuwait a month at a time. We were working really? on the bike shop and building their track. And uh, I, I, I would fly down there, and they have this Baja series that's evolved into rally stuff more now. And uh, it, it was pretty cool, and the prize money was really good. Um, you would get people like Anthony Reynard from South America. A lot of the people that lived in Dubai would come over and ride these races. So it was no easy task. You had to be on your a game. Um, where uh, other times, you know, you, you've been, I've been out in the middle of Mindanao, Philippines with Daniel Blair, Tiger Lacey, um, a bunch of people like that with a friend of Jim Hawley's Glenn Aguilar, which now has become our friend
1: Yeah. Um, a friend of Jim Hawley's, that could yeah. go anywhere. That could go anywhere, Stapo. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: But, you know, Jim usually gets all those guys over yeah. back in the day to train and ride. Yep. So a lot of times they will bring Americans over to elevate their game. So a country that's pushing really hard, like in the Philippines, they were having big series, TV, all the stuff. They wanted to bring us over to elevate them. Okay so they were good they had new bikes everything was good they were bringing freestyle they had a series going there was money um there's some pretty crazy parts of the philippines you could go to and (laughs) check out yeah and just the the trikes and people and how many people are in the roads is crazy yeah um obviously i i got e coli once traveling over there and went to the hospital and there was a cow in the emergency room so that never what quite makes you feel up to par (laughs) you're like do i get the same iv as that guy or what are we doing
1: yeah um
0: daniel and daniel blair's over there with his video camera making fun of you the whole time you know
1: right do you do you say do you ride anything at these do you i mean you're you're a test rider so 250Fs, 450s hondas suzuki's whatever are you just i'll ride anything
0: yeah usually i ride anything i usually request a new stock bike right um no offense to people that are usually mechanics but uh, they have a big learning curve in some of the countries you know
1: yeah oh for sure um, yep
0: a lot of times you know if you're a privateer and you want to go somewhere race tech has a really good connection so like if you are a guy that was connected with race tech yep there's a lot of worldwide race tech people oh so, okay. yeah if you're a privateer kid and you want to go race that might be your ticket in
1: right right oh neat neat oh so, yeah
0: you know, because a lot of those people buy their service. They come to their schools. Yep. Um, obviously, you can't call Race Tech probably and call Rob and them and be like, "Hey, I run Factory Connection. Can <laughs> I go to your country and go race?"
1: Yeah. yeah. But
0: if you're a Race Tech guy for sure? You know that that's an option to get to go to events.
1: Right. Oh. So yeah. they're
0: they're one of the most well noticed places that I've seen traveling the world.
1: What's the worst bike you've ever showed up at and had?
0: Um worst bike (laughs) yeah like jt
1: had a bike he i don't think he even raced it i think he's like yeah not gonna happen not gonna work we went to hawaii and jimmy d had a brand new 2014 rmz 450 it was great (laughs) yeah
0: um well a couple years ago when the factory editions came out they pulled this bike out and i was down in the caribbean uh-huh and they're like it has sucked quite a bit of dirt and i'm looking (laughs) at these poorly built jumps that are massive (laughs) and uh the bar mount's been quite easy on a KTM previous years. Uh-huh. And so he, he, they safety, they cut the crossbar in the middle and they had safety wired it together. <laughs> and the guy promised me a new bike and all these dudes from Costa Rica and all these guys showed up uh-huh. and I'm like, I don't want to jump this thing. Like, how do I, how do I ride this thing? And finally I complained enough. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I've been places like even the beach race last year, they pulled out an 012 KX450 mm-hmm. because more people showed up. And uh, after time qualifying and all that, I, I rode pretty good, and I ended up top 10 overall in the event. Uh-huh. So they got me a brand-new Husqvarna to ride. But I feel like uh, enough people have traveled that they're kind of leery, so they give you the shitty bike to see what you say. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And then and then if you qualify, they'll, they always seem to find you a new bike.
1: <laughs> Funny how that works, huh?
0: Yeah, so right. it, it's uh, – um, in, in the Middle East, I always had new bikes. Denmark, I always ride Suzuki 450s for right. a team over there. Um, did, I rode did, a lot of cowies when I rode in, in Holland. Um,
1: did you ever, uh, in like Kuwait and Qatar, did you ever go to these places that just, like, people had, like, pet tigers and stuff? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've I heard about these, th- these guys. I don't know what it is, but I heard somebody, I can't remember who it was, was over there. Oh, Mitch Cook, I think. Mitch Cook, the Canadian kid, uh, yep. went over there, and some rich guy... And he had like a pet tiger or something. I don't remember what it was.
0: Yeah, um, one of the boys that comes here his name's Mashari, uh-huh. and uh, there, there's there's a little bit different religion, even if they're Muslim. Like there there's a few different key points that change who they are. Mm-hmm. And the people out in the desert are called Bedouins. Okay. Well, he, he's a he's a good old boy. His family goes way back to trading spice to trading camels and everything you could think of, and Uh, they have cheetahs Uh. and, and he used to bring the baby cheetahs out and you could hold them and play with them. And he's also the one that took me on the car to drive on two wheels and you stand outside the car and, um, a lot of crazy stuff like that. Uh, you know, they're really big at sitting Indian style when you eat and you eat with your hands, not silverware. And, um, it's a, it's a basis. Like you don't just go to someone's house over there. You go to the Dohwania Mm -hmm. and it's. Uh, so you don't see the women uncovered. So it's like a, a room like women wouldn't just walk in without being prepared. Yeah. Yeah. And then over the years I've got where I, now I stay at the family's houses right. right. see more crazy stuff. Um, I've been in some areas over there that I had, uh, pet crocodiles. (laughs) I was, I was, I was not so into the pet crocodiles.
2: Um,
0: I've been one place over by Ukraine, uh, when I was going up through Estonia the guy had an obsession with pet possums and he would let him sleep with him. I thought that was a little creepy.
1: <laughs> nice. But, nice. Um,
0: you know, everyone's yeah. got their thing.
1: No, their you, all the shit you've seen Stapo, It's crazy. Um, what's the most money you've made at one, one event?
0: Um, in a weekend, I've made 9,000 bucks is the most that I've ever made. Nice. At an event. Yep. Um, in 2011, I was averaging about $3,500 a week if I broke it down for the year. Yeah,
2: yeah. Nice.
0: Um, I was quite gung-ho. Right. Um, I didn't really have, other than my MXA job, um, I didn't have any ties that really made me stay home.
1: Right. So you were on a plane every single weekend?
0: Yeah, nonstop. And I would actually base myself out of the Middle East or Europe because from Kuwait, I could get to Europe in five hours. Or I could get to Thailand, Indonesia, Philippines in four hours.
1: So you so, are you um are you one K then with United? Are you just one of their
0: No, I, I was and then I stopped traveling this last year and gave away a lot of free miles and Right. I actually got a little disappointed in United.
1: No, oh, me too at times, uh, buddy. Me too at times.
0: <laughs> I, I, I had to buy a set of A kit suspension and replace it to Pro Circuit. It's probably in the luggage bin at LAX, if anyone knows someone.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, and I was a gold member, and they took my suspension, and then I wrote a letter, and the aviation airline sent something back saying they're going to take me to court, and I jeopardized people's lives. Oh. They me, and I'm like, cool, keep the seven grand.
1: Yeah, so yeah. That
0: yeah. Took, you know, that took four or five races to recover that.
1: Yeah, absolutely, right? And so, like, yeah, in those days that you're making that kind of money, you're you're racing you're racing nationals. Did you ever do any supercrosses?
0: I did ride some supercrosses. So, I was quite scary.
1: Right, but but you're doing these. You're not caring that much. You're not chasing the dream. You're like, hey, this isn't going to work. I'm not going to be a factory rider. So I'm going to do that to keep my skills sharp. And I want to, you know, you love you're competitive. You want to keep up, but at the same time, your 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 brain is like, I I, I got to treat this like a business. I got I got to start making money.
0: Yeah. So. I wanted to ride Supercross. One of my best friends was Zeb Armstrong, which now has three tracks in Northern California. Yeah, Zeb, rode a lot Zeb's of Super- good people. Yep. So Zeb rode a lot of Supercross. So Zeb used to let me, when I come to Southern, Southern California, always stay at his house or always I could always shower and crash in my van. Like, yep. you know, you would have me, Jason Furnett, and some other crazy dudes living in your van, Austin Squires. You know, you would have a group of us trying to figure out how, how to make a living riding dirt bikes. So yeah. It was conspiracy money. Yep. Well, all these people would go chase Supercross and make 400 bucks, and I could go to a Golden State and ride a Suzuki and make money. And testing, bikes used to come a lot later. So like November, December right. was the testing months. Yep. I would test, and then everyone's like, oh, do you want to ride to Anaheim next week? And I'm like, well, I rode Supercross one day. <laughs> so it never was really an option. I got to go to Daytona and race, but they took big groups in yep. like it wasn't like now yeah supercrosses that i got to ride i I always tried to ride oakland because i'm from the bay area originally so i had a lot of family a lot of friends um it just didn't really jive with me that much because there was the outcome like i wasn't going to be a factory guy so why miss out on all the testing
1: yeah yeah absolutely so when did you get in with honda uh r&d or production stuff i guess durability Uh,
0: 2000 i started um I I actually met a gentleman named Dre Dirks in Golden States and that stuff. And and, uh, a Northern California Monterey guy, Jeff Pastana, was the lead guy with Ray Crom and Holland. And there there was a lot of guys in the group. Was uh, Uh, Somo
1: still doing it or no? He was gone. Oh,
0: yeah. Somo was still around. He was with Spud Walters. They were on the higher side of things. They actually picked what what went on, not just durability. Yep. So they had a bunch of us come out. And uh, I remember – I had no idea what I was doing, and then I was sitting in this <laughs> building at HPCC, and Doug Parsons walks in. Uh-huh. And we're just sitting there waiting to get called, and they're like, cell phones, all this. And then th- we followed this Jeep out to the middle of the test track, and all the original guys were there. And Jeff kind of helped guide me through it. And right. A couple – they brought four of us, uh, this kid named Chris Sprinkle that was Ryan Hughes's neighbor. Okay. I think he went with the mentality he was going to get a factory ride. <laughs> <laughs> so you, when when you see a a, a pre production test bike cartwheel, yeah, yeah, you should see the look on some right. of the people's faces. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we don't have parts, bro. Stop it.
0: So you know it, it's with anything. I mean, I've been testing with suspension companies and things go bad. Or yeah, you know, we were working on some forks a while ago and someone plowed into a lapper out at just a public track and it bent the lower fork tube. Yeah, and you're like, well how do we get paid? Now we're not testing all week.
1: Yeah. So that's so, a daily rate, right? For that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I get a lot of daily stuff.
1: Is, um, and is that just for, it's for durability? That's 30 minutes, right? 30 minute moto, 20 minute break or 30 minutes moto. Is that kind of how it goes?
0: Yeah. It just depends. Like some, some people will hire two or three people. If it's like an emergency or something that needs to be done right away, yep. uh, they'll put two to three riders on a bike in a day and then they'll just, bust out 30-minute motos. And it,
1: it won't even turn off. I think it'll just keep going. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, other than putting a fresh rear tire on it or fixing a flat. And right. They power wash it in between some rides. Yeah, yeah. And just make sure safety items are checked. Yep. Um, that can go on for different durations of time depending on what they're working on. I,
1: I think Dre Dirks is still there.
0: Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of the head people are still there. Yeah. They're just in different departments and do stuff.
1: Um, so... What's it like for that? I mean, you, what are you riding at? Seventy percent? Sixty percent? I mean, you know. Um, what?
0: It, well, it, when I went, I was scared shitless <laughs> the, the first time. You know, I had yeah. got to do I had got to do photo shoots for magazines, and you know, Mark Kelly was probably the king of the right gear and the right thing. Right. And then Kiefer was like not far off his heels at making money. Yeah. And I'm like, well, these two are from Southern California, and they're not going to give up their niche. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, how do I get in? And so probably 65%, 70% was when I first started. Over the years, all of a sudden, you know, you, you get in a contest with a gossler or someone and you start throwing down some heater laps once you're comfortable. There's okay. been days where we're at race pace all the time. or yeah. You know, if, if I'm testing products or doing a tire and a uh, um, end-of-the-career factory guy, yep. you don't really want them to show you up.
1: Right, sure, sure. You
0: know, like uh, I, I'm sure a lot of people either hate or love Kiefer's performance from the Nationals. Well, I ride around those guys a lot. Kiefer's way faster than he showed at the Nationals. For sure, that guy can make it in the show. Yeah, it, it,
1: yeah I do. You know, so, yeah.
0: so whether people say it or not, like when we go out testing, we're not too far off the pace on test days. It's just you You do it so much, and you test so many days, and for so many years, you're just in a routine. You don't really get going. Yeah. If it was gate qualifying, for sure, you'd probably see someone like me ride every round. Yeah, yeah. But it's just you're – I'm always two seconds off the pace because mm-hmm. I may be riding something that you just can't break.
1: Right, right.
0: Like a, a clutch lever or – or a wheel, or or anything that you bend, bar mounts that could be new. Mm-hmm. When you're working, if if you crash and you bend it and you miss a week worth of work, you really just screwed yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, or, right.
0: Or if you crash too much, you're not going to get invited back.
1: Nope. Um. So, yeah. So yeah, that's interesting, man. That's 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 pretty cool. And is it just with Honda, or do you do other guys? Do you do other stuff?
0: I haven't done Honda stuff since 2007. Okay. So. Um, I do get a lot of calls for tires, yep. uh, suspension, mapping. Yep, um, a lot of that stuff. I, I work for Weissco, a uh, company called Race Winning Brands, mm-hmm. so I help them a lot with a lot of products they have. I've been learning a lot about the Recluse brand lately, mm-hmm. so that that's always you know a new learning curve. And then you're trying auto clutches, and you're trying to learn how all of it works. And then yeah. you're trying their new clutch plates that are awesome. And then with the two stroke stuff this time of the year, I'm always building like a lot of bikes or uh, just got done doing some durability testing on the new Racer Elite piston. I had built uh, a P- Pingria bike that he got to ride. The new piston's quite awesome. Uh, it's single ring for the KTM or Husky, makes the bike rev up quite a bit quicker. It has some detonation coatings, it has a right. good skirt coating. Parts are pretty good. So all, all that stuff's run through a process. Right. Um, so I, I really work hard with those guys. Um, I'm around the guys at Fox a lot. Um, uh-huh. You know, uh, a lot of those people are my close friends that I bicycle with or go eat with. So I end up around around the people from Fox a lot. Um, tires, brake pads. I mean, I'll get yeah. random phone calls. For last week, I spent time with Jeremy Wilkie from MX Tech. He built a new shock. He came out, watched the first national, invited me out, so we spent all Monday at Milestone testing his new shock. And-
1: I I, I, I might have misspoke earlier, Staple, when I said you got eighteen jobs, you might have thirty-six <laughs> jobs. <laughs> so,
0: but n- none of them really over overlap too bad.
1: Uh huh.
0: Um, it, it's really just when people make product, they call you, and yeah, it's kind of a what, relationship base.
1: What's the What's the number one mistake you see from test riders? young or old or whatever is there something that drives you crazy when you read a magazine or you see a video or anything
0: um well a lot of it has to do with how rushed you are i noticed over the last few years i've done a lot of mistakes personally myself just by being rushed like we'll have an intro one day and then you're on to an intro the next day and yep this last year some companies like yamaha and them put embargoes for like a few days out yeah and that's really helping us
1: so you have time to sink it in, ride it some more. Yeah, think, sink yeah, yeah. it in
0: because I've said stuff on on videos and I'm like, well, that didn't work. Like <laughs> we, we Aztec tacos over by my house over here. Yeah, and the new WP fork is zacked, and I call it the Aztec. Yeah, and and Travis fans teasing me the whole time, and on Snapchat it's popping up everywhere. Right, and, right. You know, you're just you're a little bit rushed, and, and doing the print side takes a long time. It's not right. uh, not as much. For all the years that I've done it, you were taught to type and go that route. And now it's all your talking skills.
1: You know, like yeah.
0: all, all, all that it's changed. So before you had to type, you had to be able to write it and make y- notes. Yep. Go home, make it
1: make sense. Yeah, yeah.
0: Make it make sense. And now that's kind of going out the window a little bit. Now it's videos and Instagram right. and YouTube and podcasts.
1: Po- podcasting okay. staple. It's yeah. the new, podcasting is the new thing now. You need to get one. Staple podcasting.
0: Staple podcast, um,
1: yeah. Uh, Fly Racing, Racer X podcast. Speaking of podcasts uh, with Dennis Stapleton. Uh, thanks to Fly Racing for making this thing happen. Flyracing.com. Please check them out on the web. Alpine Star is the Tech 10, the most advanced boot in motocross today. What do you like, the 10 or the 7? Better. Staple. Um, I like the 7. I'm not a serious I, I, racer, so I like the 7.
0: So this winter I, I rode a lot of off-road, mm-hmm. and I actually wore the 7 a lot.
1: Oh, okay. Um, so there you go.
0: Kickstand on the bike, you know, you get off, you walk in, eat lunch. I rode with a group uh, with Alan Brown a lot and Gothic Jay and you ride with the Enduro Life guys. And yeah. Since we had so much rain, I kind of forgot about moto all winter and went to fun. And the Tech 7 worked quite awesome for that. Um, Tech 10, they, they've updated their boot. Yeah, um, they I, have, actually, yeah. I actually like the stiff boot because I have a bad ankle. So the, this stiff boot works well for me.
1: Yeah, um, plus you're like super. You're a super fast guy too. You're jumping bigger stuff.
0: Yeah, so it's it, it's just all a preference. All
1: right, um, um, and also Max's tires, MXST tires, developed by the king Jeremy McGrath, used by AJ Cantanzaro. Uh, in Supercross, and we want to thank the folks at SlickWash as well. Uh, SlickWash.com use the code Steve to save with those guys. And also Race Tech Pulp19 is the code to save. com. as Stapo knows, great guys down there. They do a lot of stuff for motors and suspension for a lot of guys out there, including Ben LeMay and Tyler Medaglia, Mike Alessi, Chris Bloss and Supercross. com. Call there, mention PulpMX, get a hell of a deal. Uh, Alright, Dennis Stapleton, uh, a couple more things here on the show. I want to talk to you. How did you get with mxa how does that happen
0: um i met uh mike basher which is john basher's brother yep uh, um at indy supercross we just started talking
1: and this is you racing this is racer yeah, Dan- yep. yep.
0: i was racing indy supercross and met john basher and then i end up coming down to do a test and my first bike that i rode was a uh, dr Dubach uh 2004
1: honda 450
0: okay and they had the new 2005 honda 450 launch later in the week and i got to come down and ride the bike with john basher and tim olson and i drove a long ways from the bay area to come down and ride and do it and they invited me out to the press launch and then i just started there and tim olson was not long after that transferring jobs and he offered me the the media job that he had and basher would move up so I i end up Tim Olson and, and the group ended up having me come in and I started typing and started testing products. And during the heyday of that, there used to be all the bike shows in Vegas and Kawasaki took you on a 10 day trip to Japan. So
2: yeah.
0: luckily for me, I was not very good at typing to begin with.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. it, was, it wasn't something that you just, unless you were like a John Basher that went to school or a Jody or someone that just thrived on typing. right Um, it wasn't something that you just clicked with right away. Like I could go test the bike, build the bikes, wash the bikes, go all day. And then all the guys that typed really good would struggle. Mm-hmm. So they were always sending me to all the intros. I remember one year we went to Vegas like three weeks in a row for a launch for Cowie, a launch for Suzuki and they yeah, yeah. big international things. So, and you that's were like, I-
1: you were like stoked. You're like, yeah, I'm in, I'll do all that.
0: Yeah, I was in. So it was a, uh, it was cool. And then, Jody was really cool with me. If I got my work in, he'd be like, well, where do you want to travel? We'll email him and go race there. Um, you know, I got to ride a motor triple X bike at Redbud. I got to ride a factory Yamaha like testing. I tried to Andrew shorts. 08 Honda 450 factory bike. Um, all of Mitch's bikes, we usually get to ride. So right. it's gave me the opportunity to ride multiple bikes over the years. If you're willing to turn in the work and once you can turn in the work you're okay with going out and getting the work.
1: Right, right.
0: But, they're, you know, Jody's very old school, and you have to be able to get your work done before you get to do the cool stuff.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, uh, so, just. Yeah, so just, you just that's how it all started. And so Basher's gone back to JGR, Olsen left or whatever, and you're, you're still standing.
0: Yeah, so yep. Basher's still one of my really good friends. He was out at the Fox National. I hung out with him all weekend. Uh, I still talked to Tim Olsen and tried to ride mountain bikes with him. You What's know, he
1: doing crazy. now? What is Tim doing?
0: He works at Mazda.
1: Oh, okay. Cool.
0: So, you know, him, uh, Al Olson, his father, everyone's yep. still close with Jody, and we all still speak. Um, we have Josh Moseman, which is I the, saw newest, that. Yeah. the newest MXA member. And he's probably the best I've seen come from pro racing into typing.
1: Dude, he's you. He's you all those years ago. Like a yep. like a fringe pro guy, really nice guy. You know what I mean? Um, that's you. <laughs> yeah. So...
0: It, it, it's awesome because our, our magazine is Christian based, so there's no cursing, no schools, no women in the magazine. Josh is a good Christian kid. So it, it, it fit right into the program with right. him, um, coming right in. Um, he's very respectful. So that makes it easy to jive with Jody right away. Uh-huh. And, uh, Daryl Eklund is the managing editor, the boss for, for us. So like I, I would be third on the totem pole by, by choice of, what I would like to do, yep, um, working for other companies and testing. So Jody's the boss, Daryl would be second, Musman would be third, and then, then me. But I end up building a lot of project bikes for us, uh-huh. going to a lot of tests. Like for some reason, tests always seem to fall on deadlines. Right. And uh, it, it, it's hard. I, I don't think people put magazines together or understand like how good of a boss Jimmy Lewis was at putting a magazine together or Jody. Right. There's a lot more to it than opening the magazine. That's a cool photo. That's a shitty story. That's a cool story. No, I don't like that test. I like that mm. test there's a lot of work that goes into that
1: yeah, absolutely. I know this from from my magazine days and and I'm not even as involved as you at. I'm just a freelance guy right but um hey so you you, you know the rep mxa has and, and and I've been critical of them many times and you know the rep that Jody has yep. uh, i I imagine you get asked a lot. What's up with MXA? What's up with Jody? And you have to explain this. You have to talk about your relationship with with the mag and with Jody, and it sounds like everything's good and all that, but you must get asked about it a lot, Staple.
0: Yeah, you know, people ask all the time, but there's a. I think people misunderstand how Jody really is. Okay. For one, Jody's 71 years old, so I don't know too many 71-year-olds that are going to change. How many 70-year-old ones really like to go ride their dirt bike still and are still super enthusiastic and like it mm-hmm. he does speak his mind so he does offend people but the sharks are my favorite hockey team and they just sucked in, in playoffs <laughs> yeah so you know we didn't make it but the newspapers don't write nice things about them and motocross has become such a tight niche if, if you say someone rode bad or you did something bad or people get really offended like, you don't see the news channels. Like, I could go bicycle riding with Don Maeda or Kiefer. Uh-huh. You don't see CNN going bicycle riding with Fox News. So it, it, it's just different. So people, people take it wrong if you write something.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And Jody takes his job very serious. So he's just quiet. Like, if you're in his inner circle, there's no better guy.
1: Right. right. I've heard that. For, I've heard that. I'm, not, someone, in, I'm for, not in his inner circle, but I have heard that.
0: So for someone like my family... And my dad, like Jody would step up and do anything for me or my dad. And then like we bring kids in and if they're respectful and they do a good job, like Brian Medeiros got to ride the Fox national on an MXA bike. Uh, Josh Moseman gets the job. We've had lots of kids come through and get the job. Um, Jody has no problem going to the track, testing, saying it how Mm -hmm. he believes it is. And sometimes that offends people.
1: I think a little bit comes from, like, I do that, too, Staple. I mean, I'm I'm pretty critical of guys and teams and things. But a little bit, I think, I show up in the pits, right? I'm there at every race, just about. And I think yep. that's where people have a bit of a problem. It's because you guys don't put bylines on stories, so nobody really knows who's saying it. And then nobody really knows who is from MXA. And so some of that, I'm not all of it, and this is just playing devil's advocate, I think some of that is like, who are these guys? They're not even here.
0: Yeah, so a, a lot of times especially this year we've shown up twice as much mm-hmm. daryl went to twice as many races moseman goes to twice as many races uh we hired staff to do supercross so we definitely have been there more right um i i do i do like the fact that there's no byline on that because we're a team mm-hmm. so what daryl does what josh does myself or jody does we all have to take the blame so if jody does something you don't like i'm part of the team right but not always does it get worded that way like if someone gets thrown under the bus for something and you really didn't do it sometimes that's not always
1: that's not always fair yeah for sure right well i mean but you're a pretty popular guy so you you must get a lot of this shit that that they that that people dish out because you're you're a front-facing guy at a lot of these tracks right
0: yeah so i i end up the most places i'm at the track the most i do go to a lot of races um People text me, like especially during Glen Helen National when they see a photo of a big jump. My phone blows up from factory riders to privateer riders asking what the deal is. Can we change the track? Like that, that was quite nice this year that my phone wasn't blowing
2: up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, really. uh,
0: I don't really have a problem answering the question or if I've done something wrong, yeah. feel free to call me out. You know? right, But right. um a lot of times it's hard, you know. There is spelling errors on on the web, and you're going as fast as you can, and usually you're rushed or it's late, and accidents happen. And it just feels like you once once people want to circle on something, uh-huh. that you get the finger pointed at you real easy. It's almost like if someone's been in trouble, they always seem to get in trouble.
1: Well, there is, and there is a little bit of the, the cool guys club uh, in yep. the media. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I'll I'll admit that. Right? We're so. so. There is some of that,
0: and Jody, went to a million races growing up. Oh yeah, just what do you do when you're 71? You don't want to get on a plane every weekend. No, no.
1: Listen, Jody's work in the in the mid mid to late 80s is is fantastic. Late early 90s, that's some incredible stuff. You know, and 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 at some point, yeah, you get old and you don't want to keep doing the same thing. I can relate. You know, I've been doing this for a while too. But MXA in its prime was phenomenal magazine you know, it it did a lot of great work.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and I I still believe the efforts that Daryl, Josh, myself, and Jody put in do put out good content. Mm -hmm. Obviously, everyone makes mistakes. So you're definitely people point out more mistakes than good things that we do.
1: Right. Does that frustrate Uh, you? Does that frustrate you sometimes?
0: Yeah, sometimes I I wish people weren't so negative, you know, like they don't see the back end or they don't realize how many nights you stayed up till two in the morning working on a project, and it didn't work out to plan. Mm-hmm. It was kind of funny. We did a, a bike, and we screwed up saying a, a steel frame, but it was aluminum frame, and we wrote a, a Jay Clark build Rich tech bike. And the wording got messed up in the magazine, and I got lit up for like three weeks on it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it was a typo. Yeah, like, yeah. You, you obviously you can see it's aluminum frame bike. Sorry, like you want me to send you a Starbucks card? <laughs>
1: Um, but, but, but for you, from your experience and I, you know, Jody is a hell of a guy, like a great boss. Great guy. Awesome. Yeah.
0: 100%.
1: I don't see that. I don't see that staple, but I'll take your word for it. (laughs)
0: And, and and you would be amazed how many people the guys helped and Mm -hmm. how much he goes out to, you know, people make fun of REM, but how many people Jody's helped at REM and how many people get to try things or experience things they never would. Right. You know, and, uh, I don't think that someone like myself could have stayed relevant and at such a high level if it wasn't for someone like him. Right. You know, Bob Rathkamp was always pumping me up and giving me ideas. But how do you make ideas turn into dreams or reality? Yeah. A- and pay your mortgage. My mortgage guy comes by the fifth every month.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, he wants his money. Right.
0: <laughs> you know, and, and you meet people like Tom White. That was awesome. That came out all the time in mm-hmm. the Olson family. And You know, you have these Randalls that help Jody all the time and the Skinners and like how many people are really around. And, uh, it's, it's quite cool when you're in the group, I could definitely see where people get offended Mm -hmm. and then the new air kids 100% wouldn't understand Jody. Um, but some of the stuff that he writes, I, I laugh. Like sometimes when I see stuff or, or I, I see us get talked about on vital, I kind of chuckle nowadays. When I was younger, you're more sensitive. Nowadays, I think it's funny. Right, right. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And then I go about my day, and if someone calls me out or texts me, I'm like, well, what would you like me to do about it?
1: (laughs) And then they're like,
0: well, I guess there's nothing you can can do about it. Nothing you can do. So it's funny now. Like, I I end up laughing at it more. And, uh, you know, if you read YouTube channels, like one day I clicked on YouTube and they're hammering us. And how horrible of a rider I am, and then I click over to see dirt bike, and I see they're hammering Robbie Wageman, and ninety percent of people probably couldn't keep up with Robbie Wageman if they tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I click over and I see Michael Lindsay getting hammered and Kiefer getting hammered. Mm-hmm. Uh, YouTube's brutal. So yeah. if you if you ever do anything, they're definitely the brutal ones. But
1: um, I, yeah. Uh, do you um do you go up to Valencia much to the offices?
0: No, I, I hardly ever go. Yeah. So I live in, I live in Lake Elsinore. And, uh, I, I traveled to Jody's, uh, Mosman lives in Marietta yep. and, and Eklund, unfortunately stuck in the office a lot. He's the office guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he lives up by the office.
1: God, so, I, would, I would love to go through the, the, the archives up there. Oh, that'd be phenomenal. All the, all the photos, all the, the magazines. Oh, that'd be great. There,
0: there's some amazing stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, um, well, yeah, I mean, I just, I got my differences for sure with Daryl and and the magazine in general, um, but it is what it is, and you know, uh, some of it is for sure brought on by you guys, but some of it is just picking on the outsider guys. It really yeah. is, you know, some of it is that for sure. Um, hey, uh, let's talk some bikes real quick. Uh, what was your favorite bike of 2019? What'd you love to ride?
0: Um, I I, I love to ride all dirt bikes. You know, <laughs> up, up, of course you. Up, did. Up, right? Obviously, I was impressed with how well the new Kawasaki 450 was. Yep. Um, How much errors they didn't make on the first year. Like, the only real thing people disliked was the soft fork fork springs. Mm -hmm. So, they didn't miss their mark very bad. Like, the bike was really good, it was fun. Um, You know, you could always complain about every bike. Um, I rode the Honda 450 on Lit Pro the fastest okay um i i like my ktm and i've rode ktms for a few years and i'm comfortable on them so i i picked the ktm it's i have parts built up yeah yeah uh, and my rental customers i have seven ktms as rental bikes one honda 450 so i have a lot of parts built up it's easy for me to ride a ktm the Mm -hmm. guys don't live far from me right now where i live to get to ktm is 20 minutes for me to go down and bug Travis and the guys at Yamaha, I'm going to be in traffic for a week.
2: Right, right. <laughs> so,
0: you know, and me and Jason Abbott at Honda are buds. And I call Jason and I have the Honda and I end up riding the Honda a lot. Um, I rode a lot of Road to Mammoth, raced the Honda earlier in the year. Um, when you ride REM, that's – Jody's really good at that, making you ride different bikes. Ride so everything, I'm, yeah. I've raced every bike. Right. Um the Yamaha 250F we we put as a winner. I mean that bike's really hard to beat. You can see the Star Guys kill it. Yep. Um, lately they're getting a little bit hammered for some parts breaking, but what dirt bike doesn't break? Yeah. Um all of them are good. I mean I e- even people that I put on the Suzuki 450 that don't ride different bikes all the time like mm-hmm. some guy came and he's like, "Oh, I have an 05 250 2-stroke." I put him on the Suzuki 450. He doesn't complain that he kicks it because he already kicks his bike. Yeah, he yes. didn't complain about the shock because the shock's better than what he has on his bike. Yep. So and, and the price is right. So there's not really a bad bike. Yes, there can be a favorite. Um, that's kind of hard. I have a Honda four hundred and fifty, a Yamaha four hundred and fifty, and a KTM in my garage. What do I want to ride?
1: Yeah. So if you were Kiefer, you you would you would spend each day t- talking to everybody about how the, it's the greatest bike ever each one
0: yeah <laughs> um, all, all of them are great everyone that wants to buy a dirt bike helps all of us so i'm super happy that people still want to ride dirt bikes you go to the track this last week it's amazing how many people were at the track this last week riding before right. the national and it's it's awesome the more people we can get ride the, the better our sport stays and i want them to buy all the bikes
1: yeah yeah uh what's the worst bike you've tested ever
0: Maybe that 449 Husqvarna with the tank in the back.
1: I don't even remember that thing. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. (laughs) The tank in the back? (laughs)
0: uh, Yeah, they had the gas tank in the back. You had to fill it up in the back of the seat. Ty Davis had guys. Bobby Bonds rode it one year.
1: Really? Okay. It's the
0: old Husqvarna. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bad Bad bikes. Not bad, but I went to Italy to ride the Vore. Yeah. And it, and it shifted on the right and braked on the left. What? It wasn't a bad bike. It was hard to ride. Now you're asking me where I went and rode something weird. That would be the weirdest bike because (sighs) it took me a while to not miss shifts. And it was scary just because you didn't want to go over the bars.
1: That would be freaky, man. So
0: those bikes, but they were just of the time. I mean, I've rode some, some bikes that people have built and I've had, people not put clips on chains and i've gone over the bars and hurt myself yeah um i was fortunate to ride the ulta a lot when it was uh first coming out being in the bay area um stuff like Kiefer got to do where we we rode a lot of it that bike worked good on trails and it wasn't the greatest bike to start and they put a lot of work in and improved it Uh uh-huh that was cool to try the electric bikes i got to ride electric with zero when they first came out. I got to ride the Alta. I got to ride four strokes when they first were coming out. So it's been cool to go through the generations of bikes. I'm a, I'm a super two-stroke fan. Um, I rode the 125 uh, All-Star at Hangtown. Ended up ninth there on the 125. Uh, Mitch built me a Husqvarna 125 that we'll have some more coverage and motocross action on.
1: Yeah, well, you, listen, if it's a two-stroke, you guys will have coverage.
0: Yeah, I mean... <laughs> uh, I, I think that all the kids should learn to ride a 125.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I, well, there's that, that step. like, And you've, we've talked about it a tons. The step from an 85 to a 250F, that's, that's a little much, man. That really you know, is. I,
0: I understand the 250 two-stroke thing. Like, not everybody wants to make one or where do you place those. But I'm definitely on board with manufacturers making 125s. I think every yeah. kid needs a stepping stone.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and it teaches you to ride a bike.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, there should be, and you know, the all-star class is a start. I think there's another Loretta's. They added another 125 class to Loretta's. Uh, yep. uh, so there, there's definitely a start, um, you know, so. Awesome, yeah. Um, I, I- well, yeah, how, how, tired, yeah, how tired do you get of, of riding and, like, all that stuff? Like, I, I tell Kiefer, like, Kiefer's over 40 years old, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? What are you going to do? Do you get tired of just he's out doing stuff with Honda all week and all last week and he's racing the nationals and he's doing his keyring testing. I'm like, dude, how tired do you get of slinging a, you know, slinging a leg over a dirt bike? What about but you?
0: I don't. Actually, the more I rode this year, I probably rode more hours than ever. I did a lot more off-road this year. Yeah. I just love riding dirt bikes and it's it's a cool experience. Like everyone asks why I go to Loretta's. Well, Loretta's was stressful as a kid. Last year, I sucked the first moto and the 25 plus got 11th. My dad came back with a cheeseburger.
1: <laughs>
2: I mean,
0: we were winning right there because we were having fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: know, it's uh, it's cool to have my dad around. Um, I couldn't be who I am without my pops mm-hmm. helping me so much around home to get to ride so much. Yeah. And uh, guiding me to be at the right place at the right time and not owe money to people and be right. respectful and, you know, all the things that it takes to – Ride as long as Kiefer and I. It's, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: So, so, so what you, so what you're saying is, is you're good. Like, yeah, I'm good.
0: I, I like riding. Actually, Kiefer really motivated me to try to race more with the kids and, and do some more stuff. Yeah. So we got Mammoth coming up. We got Loretta's. Um, I would definitely be into riding a Hangtown National again. Hmm. Uh, Colorado always, always really good for me. Right. Um, I, I would be into riding two nationals or so. It, it, I look at it and. I had thought about it before Chris uh, announced that he was going to ride it. Mm-hmm. He, he, even though his outcome wasn't what everybody hoped, he really motivated me to see where like my level might be. Right.
1: Go. That's cool. Yeah.
0: So, so I, I give Chris a lot of respect because he didn't care like, what people thought. He went and did something cool with his son. He had fun. It makes me want to go do something cool with my dad. Yeah. If I, if I suck, guess what? I'm still going to ride next week.
1: Ah, oh, dude, yeah, and, I mean, and I'm
0: gonna and I'm gonna buy dirt bikes and I'm gonna do things where when you're a kid, when you suck, you think it's the end of the world. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely, right. Um, and that, and that's where, you know, I, I mean, I have a little bit of a lighthearted, humorous attitude to some of the races, and and you run into the and so you write something and you say something, and you know these guys that are wrapped into the supercross and nationals. I mean, they're curing cancer, right? So they don't have the ability to step back and look. And I get it, but. You know, I'm with you. Yeah. Let, let's just, let's just calm down here. It's just motorcycles. Right. right.
0: I'm out in the 125 all-star pit four miles from the gate at Hangtown, in the overfall parking lot where we parked. Yeah. And I'm stoked that I still get pit passes for me and my dad. And yeah. I look over and there's a tent and I'm like, Ooh, this guy's really diehard. I look over. It's Chris Aldrich. It's
1: Aldrich in a tent. I've heard. Yes. In, in a
0: tent. And I'm like "Yeah." Uh, factory guy to having fun and working a job. Like you don't yeah. see too many factory guys let their ego go. Like, no to come and he's throwing big whips at paula and fox raceway so i i like yeah. respect that i think it's cool he actually likes dirt bikes
1: yeah 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 absolutely right um yeah, how many...
0: rides a lot i see him riding kahia you see preston riding you see a lot of people come back around and ride and it's it's awesome to see everyone have fun riding because that's what you started
1: yeah absolutely that's how that's exactly how we all started right i didn't ride a bike for probably 10 years keefer kept Bugging the shit out of me, and now I ride one, and I'm happy. I like it. I'm yeah. glad I'm riding. Um, how many orange helmets you have, Staple?
0: uh I got six in my trophy case right here.
1: Nice, nice.
0: Um, Jody's pretty strict on them. For maybe the first ten years I worked for Jody, I had to give an orange helmet back. Really? To get an orange helmet? Oh, no way! And if you look at my new helmets, Jody's not really a fan of them. Tiger paints them for me. Uh huh. And they're they're more hip. They're more cool. They're younger. I understand why they don't photo that good as the bright orange. Like the orange pretty much pops on any gear. Yep. And there's been times I'm like, oh, I want a different helmet, but I'm proud to wear the orange helmet. I like the orange helmet. It has a meaning. It's given me something to do for 15 years of my life. Um, my dad can find me anywhere. <laughs> it wasn't hard to find me last year at Loretta's in the back on the start of every moto. But yeah, yeah. you know, it it's it's cool and people recognize you and as much maybe on your side where you haven't been where you respect mxa and you like a lot of things that have been done and maybe some of your listeners don't think of mxa that way right you'd be amazed how many people walk up to me hey what, what do you think of fork settings or yeah that setting worked really well for me or hey I, I appreciate what you wrote or that's cool you guys are still around like it's people a lot of people come up i've even seen crazy people in holland um with a tattoo oh really I got offered four grand for a helmet once.
1: Oh wow! I would have I would have I would have sold it, staple, just said I lost in customs. <laughs> I,
0: I was so afraid duty would clip me at the time because I hadn't been around that
1: long. Oh yeah, yeah, four grand, yeah, you're like, And yeah. I
0: was like, well, how do I tell them that my bag went missing and this dude's going to post it on some European website? And <laughs> I'll be busted for lying to him. Like, where do you go? So yeah. I, I didn't sell it. Which but, sometimes I laugh, but I have an original helmet, a showy helmet from my very first cover yeah and uh, it has the cool japanese logos in it and my name was printed on it from the factory from Shoei, and uh it's sitting on the top of my mantle right here with a bunch of weird trophies from odd places i've been to
1: yeah oh that's cool man yeah
0: i still got some moonshine from jamaica that i've never drank (laughs) and i figured that might be a get well party with dad someday
1: yeah there you go right oh nice i like it um well, hey man, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you. I like, I, like, like I told you when I, when I asked you to do it. Uh, real interesting guy. You, you really have interesting way to make a great living in this sport. And you've always had, you know, been interesting stuff. And, and and I just, I like that guy. I like hustle. I like grit. I like all of that. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's cool. So all the stuff that you've put together and done well for yourself. So thank you for the time.
0: Yeah, no problem. Like I said, it's just dirt bikes. We all love dirt bikes. We we all started at one place or another kind of with the same dream and uh, i'm just very fortunate that i still get to do it at 38 years old and ride three or four days a week minimum and weekends and have the opportunity to ride bikes and people uh, listen to your opinion it's it's cool it's a yeah. good feel
1: yeah i know that's awesome fly racing racer x podcast with dennis stapleton thanks staple and we'll see you at the races man thank you yep thank you There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil cylinders as a... when I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike, you're not beating Roger, are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in the United they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money.
0: The working-class hero, Doug Henry.